Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, October 3rd. I'm Jonathan All, in for Wayne Pratt. There are numerous federal programs aimed at helping low-income communities access food. But some employees of those programs are paid so little, they've also faced food insecurity or had to work another job. You can't hire anybody because they're so low. Because you can go to work at McDonald's in Tulsa and make $15 an hour. Hear more on the investigation by Harvest Public Media and the Midwest Newsroom coming up on The Gateway. Health officials in the St. Louis region are encouraging people to get their annual flu shot ahead of what could be a severe season. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports several hospitals and health departments are offering free flu shot clinics through the end of the month. Health officials can sometimes predict how severe flu season will be by looking at how many people have gotten sick in Australia and other countries in the Southern Hemisphere. This year, it looks like more people in the U.S. could get sick than in the last few milder flu seasons. Kristen Helton is a pharmacy manager at Barnes Jewish Hospital. She says the best time to get a flu shot is in late September and early October. We kind of consider that the sweet spot because it will last you, um, it will give you protection through April, which is really the time frame of our flu season. Helton says people's immunity to the flu may be compromised from years of social distancing and mask wearing. BJC is offering flu shot clinics at multiple hospitals in the St. Louis region, as well as before Tuesday's Blues game at Enterprise Center. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. The Federal Highway Association has approved Illinois' plans to build a network of charging ports for electric vehicles. Mawa Iqbal reports. The state will be getting $148 million in federal funding over the next five years to install public charging ports along major highways, like I-90. Illinois EV officer Miga Lakjora says the state Environmental Protection Agency is prioritizing areas that have been hardest hit by air pollution. Environmental groups will also say that, you know, there are areas where there's a lot of trucks going on. Why don't you put a charger over there so that, you know, it promotes um, uh, heavy medium duty electrification. Earlier this week, the state made available $12 million in grant money for businesses and retailers to install ports for light duty vehicles. I'm Mawa Iqbal. Jefferson County officials have voted not to designate Missouri Route 21 as part of the route that runs from St. Louis to Branson. As St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, county leaders voted against making the road a part of the Ozark Run Scenic Byway. The county council voted 5-2 to two last week to object to the plan. Proponents of the proposed designation say it would spur tourism across the region. Counties have to approve to be a part of the byway, but some residents are concerned that the route would restrict local control of the highway and the rights of property owners. Phil Hendrickson is the vice chair of the county council. It's absolutely a great idea. If we could control it within, within a not being in a government control you know, situation, I'd be 100% for it. Scenic Missouri leaders have said that the plan wouldn't take away property rights. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. About 10% of U.S. households are food insecure, and there are a number of federal programs in place to help bring that number down. One of those programs is the Supplemental Nutrition Education Program, or SNAP-Ed, which involves educating food stamp recipients about low-budget eating. 
But according to investigation by but according to an investigation by Harvest Public Media and the Midwest Newsroom, some employees of the SNAP Ed program are paid so little that they themselves are experiencing food insecurity. Harvest Public Media's Dana Cronin reports. Hi guys. Would you like to try some roasted garbanzo beans? Once a month on a Saturday morning, Dell Jacobs sets up a booth at the Urbana Farmers Market in central Illinois. People periodically walk by her booth, which today features a simple, healthy recipe. And then put it in the oven at 400 for 40 to 50 minutes. I go longer because I like a crunch. This is just one of Dell's responsibilities as a SNAP-Ed community worker. She also runs community cooking classes, visits food pantries, and teaches SNAP recipients how to eat healthy on a budget. But this, meeting people at the farmer's market, is her favorite part of the job. I just love talking to people of all walks of life, and that's what I get to do in this job. What Dell doesn't like about the job is the pay. At the time we met, Dell was making $13.79 per hour. She'd been working there for six years, and over that time, her pay increased by just a dollar an hour. She says the pay is so low that, ironically, she herself has qualified for SNAP benefits. She took an additional job to make ends meet. Once a week, I clean a house for $25 an hour, and isn't that sad that I get more for cleaning a house. Dell's not alone. According to an investigation by Harvest Public Media and the Midwest Newsroom, SNAP-Ed employees across the Midwest make on average about $13 an hour. The SNAP-Ed program is grant-funded through the U.S. Department of Agriculture. In most Midwestern states, it's run by a land-grant university. So in Dell's case, the University of Illinois determines her wage. Jennifer McCaffrey is the SNAP-Ed program coordinator in Illinois. She knows that some of her employees struggle financially. Yeah, it it does concern me. But you kind of have to find out, well, what does this individual need that can help them? So is it more affordable housing? It runs the gamut, right? Dell says what she needs is a higher wage which she did finally receive just recently. She now makes $16.51 an hour. And she's not alone. In just the last few months, workers in Missouri, Iowa, Kansas, and Oklahoma also received wage increases. Candace Gable is the program director in Oklahoma. She just successfully raised her employees' wages from $10 to $12 an hour. But she says that's still not high enough to attract and retain workers. You can't hire anybody because they're so low. Because you can go to work at McDonald's in Tulsa and make $15 an hour. But Gable only has so much wiggle room. After all, SNAP-Ed is a USDA grant-funded program. So if she wants to increase wages, she probably has to cut the number of positions. And if we don't have enough people to reach the population, then how are we going to meet our goals? Goals like reducing Oklahoma's high obesity rate or teaching healthy eating habits to children. To do that and pay her employees a living wage, Gable says she needs more money from the USDA. The USDA declined to speak on the record for this story, but did send a statement emphasizing that it's up to each state to determine staff salaries. But there's a cap to each state's SNAP-Ed funding allocation. 
That number is determined by a formula in the Farm Bill, which is set to be reaffirmed next year. A new formula could mean more money for states and, by extension, for SNAP-Ed workers like Dell Jacobs. And while Dell did get a recent raise, she says she's still fighting to earn a living wage. I'm Dana Cronin, Harvest Public Media. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, and the Midwest Newsroom is a collaboration among NPR and public radio stations in Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, and Nebraska. St. Louis Public Radio, we're part of both of those groups. Finally this morning, Cardinal slugger Albert Pujols continues to make history as his final season in the major leagues comes to a close. Albert lifts it in the air out to center. Going back Reynolds at the wall. He's done it. He's done it. His final regular season home game, number 702. He's tied the game. He's tied Babe Ruth. Our thanks to Major League Baseball and Bally Sports Midwest for that audio of Albert Pujols hitting career home run number 702 yesterday. It tied him with Babe Ruth for the most career runs batted in at 2,214. The two only trail Hank Aaron on that list. Pujols and catcher Yadier Molina were honored before yesterday's game at Bush Stadium. They played on two Cardinals World Series championship teams and are retiring at the end of the season However, Pittsburgh did beat St. Louis 7-5. Man, it's hard to be a Cub fan in this town. Although, arguably, it's hard to be a Cub fan anywhere. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio News. We are a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. I'm Jonathan All, in for Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.